0: Welcome, this is Beyond the Hate, I'm Steven. And I'm John. And today we're talking about Solo.
1: Yeah, Mario Van Peebles. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Damn it, I took it out of my mouth. <laughs> I had a feeling you were going to do that, so I was like, fuck it, I'm going to get in first. <laughs> Which was another pretty good movie. Yeah.
1: But no, we're talking about Han Solo, a Star Wars story.
0: Han! Han! <laughs> Because apparently nobody knows how to fucking pronounce his name. Han. You know, Jet Li's real name's Han. Yeah. And so is Dolph Lundgren.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Coincidence? No, they were separated at birth. Yeah, definitely.
0: They're twinsies. They're twinsies.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Wait, how does one end up Chinese and the other one ends up Swedish? Don't think Uh, about it. Don't think about it. Don't think
0: about it. They're they're twins. Yeah, they're They're twins. They're identical in badassness.
1: Right, Yeah. (laughs) Oh, man.
0: Oh, the greatness of Star Wars. Right. To us. To others. Well. A
1: bunch of butt
0: (laughs) hurt. I was about to say, let's just get into it. (laughs) Right. But, uh,
1: so the Han Solo movie, this is, um, I I think the thing about this movie is that it kind of hits at a time... When you've got people that were bitching about the last Jedi and they were really super butthurt over that. And then they were like, and then this movie comes out like just a few months after last Jedi had been out. So people were already complaining about Last Jedi. Then this comes out. And then, you know, there's people that are like, they're boycotting it because of some stuff that Kathleen Kennedy said. And then, you know, there was other people that were willing to give it a chance. And then they just, they thought it was disappointing. And, you know, that kind of thing. And it's like, it was kind of, it almost makes you think that like, maybe they should have, have pushed this movie out a little bit further to maybe get out of some of the shadow of last Jedi. Maybe they should have pushed it to be like, you know, Christmas of this
0: year. Maybe, maybe but I, regardless, I don't think people would have been happy with it. Like, uh, that, anyway. that, that didn't want to be happy with it. Right. right? Because whenever you get in your mind, I don't want to like this movie you're not going to like it. You're right. going to have a bad experience, and that's what a lot of Star Wars fans did. They took out their hatred of Last Jedi on Han Solo, and they were never going to change that, whether this came out five years after.
1: Right, yeah. It's uh, Because it's just, I feel like it's it's somewhat a victim of circumstance because there's so many people that were butthurt over The Last Jedi. But we've we found out in the intervening time since that there was... A lot of those negative comments and things that were put out there were actually put out there by by Russian computer bots. So, and then also they we found talked out, about
0: some of this in the Last Jedi episode. If you guys want to go back and listen to our Last Jedi episode, which was very great,
1: yeah. Um, but that's uh, because they found out after the fact, even after we had recorded that episode, that the Russians had gotten involved. We mentioned to, that
0: in that episode, though, don't we? No, like, no, this so, this didn't come out until just like recently. Well, I feel like we mentioned some some of them had to be. Well, we might not. Have we, said I Russian think we speculated
1: bots. that some of them are probably not genuine reviews. Like yeah, we didn't know that it was Russians doing it. Well, we shouldn't know. But that. since then, yeah, because they <laughs> fuck with everything. They fuck with our elections and everything. But uh, yeah, it came out that um, apparently there was a bunch of uh, there was like a like Russian groups that were targeting the less. The Last Jedi, and they were like trying to shoot the reviews down on Rotten Tomatoes, and they were attacking on IMDb, and all these different things. And a lot of those same ones were also attacking. Um, uh, what's her name? Uh, the Kelly Marie Tran, the girl who plays uh, Rose.
0: Yeah, the Vietnamese.
1: Girl. The yeah, the Vietnamese girl. Um, they attacked her, like, Twitter, and, you know, like, made fun of her for being
0: Asian and all this kind of stuff. And, yeah, we definitely talked about that
1: on Yeah, because that. she got ran out. She basically just kind of, like, closed and down I was her. like, fuck
0: those people. Still stand by that. Fuck yeah. all you people.
1: I mean, for all the people who were genuine about it that weren't just Russian computer bots, yeah, fuck you, but also, uh, fuck the Russians, because they but were how, trying to...
0: How easy, how easy is it for them to, uh, to, uh, brainwash people into just falling in line. Like how easy is that? Like you literally throw an opinion out online and it's like said a few times, then everybody just falls. And then eventually
1: everybody just all of a sudden starts to believe it. It's weird how that works because, you know, there was a lot of people that were complaining about Kathleen Kennedy and how she has this like feminist agenda and everything. And, you know, she wanted to, uh, there was like a quote or whatever that, I can't remember exactly what it was, but it was something to the tune that she, you know, that she doesn't write movie. She doesn't, uh, you know, have them make movies just specifically for men. She makes movies for everybody, you know, and if men don't necessarily agree with the way that her movies are done, then she's like, whatever. And it's like, well, the point of making movies is it's for everybody. Cause you want women to go see it. You want men to go see it. She's not going to make movies that are just going to feature men, which is what a lot of these dumbass people want. Even in this movie, this movie is based on Han Solo and Han is one of the main characters of the story. But one of the, the secondary characters that's almost as important as Han is Kira, you know, which is my favorite character in the movie. Right. And it's uh, I, I think as far as Solo goes, I think it, it was already kind of fighting an uphill battle. Because you have uh, people that you know felt like this this movie shouldn't even be made, and then you know now they're they're even talking about because the solo movie didn't do what they they thought it was going to do in box office and the popularity and everything that they killed off the Boba Fett movie now.
0: So they it only made ninety two million dollars overall because the budget was ridiculous. We'll talk about that towards the end because uh, we have some comments to get to, but. We actually had a theory on why the budget was so much. Yeah. And uh, the thing about Kathleen Kennedy I want to cover real quick before you go any further. She doesn't write scripts. No. And she's not telling her writers to write scripts with more women in it. You know, sometimes you just write scripts and you want women in it. Right. Which is, you know, how I'd write scripts with women in it. Because women are a part of this world. Right. So they'd be a part of most worlds. So deal with it.
1: Well, the other thing, too, is that for people who always want to complain about, like, you know, oh, there's, like, this feminist agenda in Star Wars now because of, like, Jen Erso and, uh, you know, even, like, Rey because everybody's like, oh, well, Rey's overpowered and, you know, she's, like, this feminist icon because she can do anything and she don't need no man. And
0: Most of them that have that a that male shit. counterpart, though, do they not? Yep, because who's Rey's
1: counterpart, basically? It's Kylo. Yeah. To a degree. Well, then Finn, you could say it's to some degree. Is Finn
0: really a man?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Finn is the ultimate man. I don't know what you're talking about. I love...
0: Uh, No, I I disagree with that. I think his uh... He's he's way weaker than almost any other character as far as his will. Well, yeah. That, yeah. Yeah, but that, no, that's what makes him interesting. Well, Yeah. yeah.
1: But, uh... No, the ultimate the man cow. is Poe Dameron. Yeah, that's the ultimate Yeah, Poe is the ultimate man. He should
0: have been Magnum P.I., uh, but he's a movie star. Right. <laughs> Very true. <laughs> um,
1: he doesn't have to be on television. <laughs> um, but, uh, but if he was, we'd love it. But, uh, yeah, it's like... Uh, but for all the people who wanted to say that, you know, Star Wars shouldn't have a feminist agenda and all this kind of stuff. They don't. Where do they keep putting all these? Because people always still complained about in Rebels, like, you know, two of the main characters in that story was Sabine Wren and uh, Harrison Dula, the captain of the of the ship or whatever. Cool. She's the Twi'lek girl, the Twi'lek lady. And so, you know, they're like, they have all these, all these new women characters that are coming out in these movies and the TV shows and stuff like that. And everybody was kind of getting pissed about it. And I'm like, well, if you go back to the original trilogy, who was the ultimate badass woman? It was Leia. I mean, she wasn't just some, like, you know, damsel in distress princess. When she got a blaster in her hand, she would fuck
0: stormtroopers up. I would tell, if I was Kathleen Kennedy, I'll tell people this. I'd be like, okay, here's the deal. You beat Gwendolyn Christie in a fist fight. I'll stop putting women. The right,
1: you'll be like, man, but that's really a Tarth, man. I can't do that. Be
0: would like, you yeah. even want to hit her if you could? Like, would yeah, you you'd be like, to? I can't do this. You'd be like, you're awesome and you're gorgeous, like, right? You know, you're you're everything. You're like a badass. You're, you're, yeah. You know, you're everything. Like, you know, this is just that whole like, like people you bitched li-
1: about Tilda Swinton and Doctor Strange, and they're yeah. like, she can't be the Ancient One.
0: It's like you know who can be the Ancient One any fucking body right. dr strange is not an english guy but he's played by one who cares benedict yeah. cumberbatch is fucking amazing right
1: but <laughs> i just i just think that people always want to put i think people are putting more of the politics stuff in this than even the studio is doing the studio is like we're just casting women for roles we we're not we don't have like an agenda when You are like your
0: feminist why does it always have to be a feminist agenda yeah. Whenever you're a woman that's in power and you mm-hmm. you know you're over movies it's always like it's like Tina Fey. Tina Fey is a feminist. But whenever she does movies or shows no one ever accuses her of pushing feminist agenda cuz she has just as many men as women in her things cuz she's not writing it to push an agenda, she's writing it to put out something good.
1: Yeah. That's I mean that's why Parks and Rec has yeah. you know like people like Amy Poehler running the show and
0: yeah Amy Poehler's the same way like the Parks and Rec was like her baby and then she has like Nick Offerman and Aziz Ansari but then she has awesome people Chris like Pratt. Aubrey Plaza you know Chris Pat yeah. came from Parks and Rec yeah you know uh Rashida Jones even though she's like one of the most hated people off the office and Parks and Rec right <laughs> but she's on both of them which is iconic uh you know, like all these people are on those shows, and Han, this Han Solo movie isn't any different. Like, there's no feminist agenda. There's an awesome character like Amelia Clark, kicking ass.
1: Well, since since we're talking about the uh, the feminist agenda syndrome, let, let's go to the comment about that. But. Lettuce, yes. <laughs> since we're talking about it anyway
0: hold on before we get into comments we've wholly skipped a part. you have to tell them what we're drinking john
1: oh yeah yeah before we get any <laughs> further yeah we're drinking uh this is uh what is this harpoon brewing company harp har- harpoon harpoon brewing it's a Dunkin' uh, donut beer yeah it's it's the harpoon Dunkin' uh, duncan uh duncan donuts coffee porter and it's actually brewed with, uh, cause I looked it up, and it's like actually brewed with uh, Dunkin' Donuts espresso. And it's a very, it 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 it's almost it's like an alcoholic like coffee basically. It's like a dark coffee, you know, that doesn't have any like sugar or anything in it. Yeah. So it's like black coffee with beer. It's
0: it's good. The first bottle gave me a little bit of a head rush, but the flavor was really good. So I'd give it a two.
1: A two. I'd probably give this a three. I, I've like you like I've it? Liked it. You so like far. it more. Okay. I normally not. I'm not like a black coffee drinker. But the way that they they did this, it's pretty good.
0: Okay. So yeah. in between two and three.
1: I so think. yeah, probably like a two and a half. I guess would be the two point five. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um. So now let's get. To it, it depends, I guess, on how you feel about like dark coffee. Generally. I like
0: dark dark coffee sometimes, but usually I'm a medium coffee drinker.
1: Yeah. I usually like to have mine with at least some creamer and sugar and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, the, uh, but the, the thing on here that I, and I, when I found this, I was like, Ooh, this is good because this is primarily one comment. And then there's one line that I threw in here that just showed how fucked up some of these people are. So, oh yeah. Yeah. So it says another big problem that I had with, uh, with, uh, the solo movie is that like all the other Disney star Wars films, it was heavy handed in pushing strong female characters. Across the board, the movie was chock-full of empowered females at every age, race, and species, uh, even a robot. Uh, now, I generally love strong female characters and female-driven films, but a movie like this needed to have a proper villain and a hero or antihero to take him or her down. This film had neither because all the potential villains were undercut in one form or another by a strong female character. You know, as Han, you know, the guy who the movie is supposed to be about was reduced to being an observer. My point is that the supporting female characters were built up to the detriment of the movie's lead Han Solo. And by extension, the detriment of the uh, detriment of the movie. Um, uh, That's poor storytelling. I honestly didn't think it could get much worse than the last Jedi, but it did the constant social justice warrior identity politics that they insist on injecting into these movies has stolen the soul of the universe. The only redeeming quality of this movie is Amelia being super easy on the eyes with her
0: beauty. <laughs> wow. That doesn't spell out misogynist better than anything. I've Right. I heard.
1: So I added that one at the end because I, that was, that came from like a, a comment that was like way further up when I was reading. And I found that line and I was like, I'm going to save that because I think that's going to be useful for something later. And then I put it with this because my thought was, is that like, all these people are like, oh, they have all these like strong female characters, and then in the same breath be like, Oh yeah, but Amelia Clark, like she's super sexy, so you know, I don't hate it that much. It's like, what the fuck? Like so like, okay. we know that she's easy so on the eyes.
0: Alright, for one, he says strong female characters.
1: Yeah. Um it says uh it was heavy handed in pushing strong female characters. Cause you've got well, Proxima is effectively a female, right? The alien that, that like all the kids are working for on Corellia. So the, the that alien is female. You have Emphis Nest, who is the uh, the girl that runs the Mercenaries. You have Kira, and then you have L3, Lando's uh, co-pilot droid. Yeah, but she's a droid with a female voice. She's not right. really a
0: female. Yeah,
1: she's actually just a droid with a female voice. It's uh, Phoebe Waller-Bridge that her voice Phoebe yeah. Waller-Bridge.
0: And, they uh, couldn't get Jennifer Conley. Right.
1: <laughs> that would have been that would have been interesting if they got it if they would cut have got Jennifer Connolly. But. but you guys
0: understand that joke. <laughs> <laughs> um, um
1: but I I think that it's it's crazy because people always like they, they want to complain about this stuff now, but when it's Carrie Fisher as Leia, nobody says shit. When it's Natalie Portman as Padme, nobody says shit. Now all of a sudden there's this thing now, and I think it's because people got really super bothered by Rey. They were like, "How the fuck is Rey so good at, at doing the Force? And how did she like learn all these powers all of a sudden?" And now everybody's looking for that now because they're like, "Oh, Jen Urso, she just you know kind of she gets through any situation you put her in, you know." And- no, no,
0: I mean that's not what happens with any of those. But I see what people are like. Oh, well, you're giving these women star roles and. Star Wars. It's like, yeah, I mean, but you—it's not like they're like a, making an all-female Star Wars cast, though, which is just really—it's really hard to watch with all men cast. Just to be, a, you know, completely honest, like, you know, like whenever you watch like Reservoir something Dogs. like, well, yeah, well, Reservoir Dogs is different though because it's it's directed by Quentin Tarantino. It's it's a that's a film. Right. That's something that's meant to be like an epic. But you know, if you actually had like a girl in Reservoir Dogs, like maybe Uma Thurman in that dinner scene or something as one of those guys, would have been better? Yes. It would have been better. better it would have been than, cool
1: to see her as one of the as one of the jewelry heist guys, yeah, yeah.
0: Better than better than iconic. Like he did like one of the best movies an independent film could do. But, you know, if you throw Uma in there, would that be like pushing a feminist agenda or would that just be putting a really cool character in a movie?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I think it would just be like, Oh, well I could get Uma. If I was doing, you know, this movie at this part of my career, I could get Uma, And then, you know, I don't have, uh, in that scene, I might not have, uh, let's say like Steve Buscemi or something. scene. that I might have Uma, even though Steve Buscemi is one of the best things about the movie. I'm just saying, right. As yeah. an instance, <laughs> um, you know, Or, you know, have her, like, take, you know, Harvey Cattell's character or something like that. And, like, have her be that. That would be pretty awesome. But no, that's not how it happened. And it's hard to make those things happen a lot of times. Because especially when you're making independent films like um, Tarantino did, it's really hard to get money in the first place. It's really hard to get people. So you kind of go with what you can do.
1: Right. But I I've always felt like the this new narrative narrative that has been started about people complaining about the social justice politics and stuff like that's that. That's Star Wars. That's recent. Nobody used to talk about this shit. And I think what it is is that like it, I think what it is is that like some Star Wars fans aren't happy unless they have something to bitch about. Because what was the biggest thing that they could bitch about back in the day? It was oh we fucking hate the prequels. We fucking hate Jar Jar. We hate all the CG. You know, we we hate how they turn Anakin into like a whiny little bitch boy and all this kind of stuff. That's what everybody used to complain about.
0: And me and John considered ourselves Star Wars fans at one point. And we still are, but we don't want to call ourselves that because we put ourselves into that. Because now people think
1: like, oh, so... You know, you're, we don't, it's like how, like, like the Rick and Morty fan base is
0: like super toxic, you know? Yeah. Yeah. They're all just kind of a bunch of idiots. They're a bunch of assholes. Yeah. Yeah,
1: Like when they had those guys that would go into like when they had the whole thing where they were going to tie in with the Rick and Morty and the, 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 the sauce. You remember when they went to McDonald's? Mm -hmm. We're going to bring the Chezuan sauce back because all the Rick and Morty fans are talking about that episode when he was talking about the, the Mulan Chezuan sauce. And then you had these jackass people that were going to McDonald's like, we want a you want sauce and like jumping on the counter and doing stupid shit. And then people are like, well, those Ricky and Morty assholes are just retarded. So I don't want to be a Rick and Morty fan. Cause I don't want to be looped in with those assholes. That's kind of what star Wars has turned into. Yeah.
0: Like all these people are being so miserable and so nitpicky. And it's, you know, I'm just like, we love star Wars. We always had, we, we, you know, whenever we were in high school watching the prequels and other people's was like, wasn't that shit? You know, which we didn't remember a lot of, to be honest. Like, whenever those came out, everyone was like, that was awesome. Right. But...
1: People then, started to bitch later on whenever they people started Then when they were bitching later on, bitch. me
0: and John was like, no, those movies were good.
1: And that, you One know... One of our favorite things to go watch was Revenge of the Sith because we went to go watch it, like, premiere night. Because mm-hmm. I remember I, I got off work or whatever. We went to go to the theater, like, directly after I got off work. And we were basically up till like you know past midnight or whatever, uh-huh. uh watching Revenge of the Sith, and we left the theater and we're like, that is fucking awesome! Yeah,
0: it's like this is fucking the we best. We got to see Obi Wan versus
1: Anakin finally, and <laughs> yeah. you know we we understand where Luke and you know where we get to see like Luke and Leia get born, and you know we get to see all this cool stuff. We get to see Sidious like Sidious like show his true colors. Like it was really cool. It was exciting, and then. Over those years, everybody starts to bitch and complain about like prequels, this and prequels, that. And I think it's what it is is that, like, it's almost like there's some Star Wars fans that they have to find something to bitch about so that they can seem like they're a true fan and that they really care about the franchise because they want Star Wars to be better. Yeah. Star Wars is what it is. You either take it or you leave it. At exactly. this point, I think Kathleen Kennedy is like, look, I'm not going to change the way that I approach the studio. If you assholes don't want to watch these movies, fuck off. If anything, this will weed out the assholes that we need to leave behind so we can keep the true fans.
0: Well, it'd be almost like giving in to white supremacists. Right. Like Disney has by firing James Gunn. <laughs>
1: That's a whole other topic. <laughs> free James Gunn. Free James Gunn. Free James
0: Gunn. I'm You're not not even gonna th- big, he, he got, he got uh, casted as the director of Suicide Squad, so DC's going to reap the benefits. Yeah,
1: well, that's that's one thing Disney fucked up on. But anyway, we're talking about Star Wars. Good luck,
0: James Gunn.
1: Yeah, good luck. I mean, he he might be able to just make make sure you don't have the Joker in your movie with like fucking you know you know like fucking knife angels and shit and whatever Mm. he was making. Yeah, that dude
0: spent all day putting those knives on us. Yeah,
1: and he also did. You also notice that he put little baby clothes out too. Jesus. (laughs) Jesus. <laughs> if you
0: freeze frame it, he has little baby clothes. Not with all those that, that, that will not be a movie to cover on here.
1: Yeah, hey, uh, <laughs> one thing we will have look for, to look forward to is that Joaquin Phoenix is apparently killing it as a Joker. So, you know, we'll see how that movie does. Oh, well, it's
0: going to do great.
1: It's going to do great. And uh,
0: if anyone hates that movie, we'll just drive over there and bitch slap him in the face.
1: <laughs> we'll, we'll have Tommy go back and hit you in the head with a tack hammer because you're, you're a retard. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> And look, and look, we don't we, we don't care about the backlash by saying the word like you guys are picking on. What was it? Kim Kardashian? No, Kim, was it Kim Kardashian? Kim Kardashian
1: said something on her Twitter. that uh, she, she
0: said the word retard or people, people yeah. was like, you can't say that. You know, why would you say that about my baby and stuff like that? It's like no one's talking about your kid that's mentally challenged. You shouldn't be calling him retarded anyway. That's offensive. Uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, if you hear the re- word retard and you think immediately of your kid – then you don't have a good thought of your kid. Right. Like I have kids. And if either one of them were that way, I, I wouldn't like whenever someone said that word, I wouldn't be like, Oh yeah. Oh, my you're kid's talking retar- about my kid is being retarded. No, no, yeah. I would definitely not. It's just a word. People that grew up in the nineties use yeah. fucking deal with it or don't, yeah. I don't care.
1: Um, <laughs> it's uh yeah, it, it, it's like, I, I call stuff retarded all the time. But if I'm ever around somebody who's like actually like autistic, I'm not an asshole to that person, you know.
0: Yeah, you don't say, "Hey, retard." Yeah, you know, because they're not. They're, they might be autistic. They might be mentally. Tra- you could have tra- been
1: born with that kind of a disability. Yeah, and I anybody mean,
0: can, and we sympathize with that. And you know that that's just the way of the world. Sometimes we don't make fun of those people ever. No, we shouldn't have to explain that. It's just something that people from the '90s say. Yeah. It's not it's not offensive unless you want it to be offensive. But
1: uh, yeah, but I I think now it's like it's, it's almost like with some of these movies, it's like people are just looking for things to be offended by so that they can feel like they're part of a group or something. Yeah, because look at how many because I, I and when I was going through the comments for this, I didn't have to leave the one star reviews. And I looked at maybe about 10 percent of the reviews to find everything I needed to find. So I didn't have to go very far. Like as I was going through the comments and some people will just post comments, like this movie was stupid. I hated Han Solo. And then they just, they just left like a one star and it's like, well, okay, if you're going to say that, that's that's fine. But my thing is, is like, if you want to say the movie is stupid, try to explain at least why you thought it was stupid. If you thought the plot didn't make sense, or if you thought that the way that the characters acted, didn't make sense to who they're supposed to be later in their lives, you know, that kind of thing. But some people just said that they just, they just thought it was stupid and didn't get any, give any context. And it's like, well, I mean if unless you can come up with a more eloquent point, then I don't know if you really can say anything. You know? That's how some people
0: are. If you don't like a movie, then you know, just go on with your life. Right. Don't I I would say and we've talked about this, we we kinda want to make a comment site eventually when we start making actual money. <laughs> Where people can go on there and actually just say good things about movies and talk with each other about movies. Yeah. And if anybody says anything negative, they get kicked off. Right. I mean, you can you can have
1: nitpicks and you can have things that maybe bothered you to a degree. Like, uh, you know, Darth Maul kind of bothered me in this movie. It was cool to see Yeah, him. but you
0: can't go on and just be like, fuck this movie. Fuck this movie it's because like, of now, Darth Maul. You're it's not like... having a conversation. You're You're just a negative. Just being irrational. Having a conversation about a movie is different than being just completely negative about a movie. Right. Like, you can have your, you know, you can dislike things about movies and still like the movie.
1: Mm-hmm. You know, now that being said, it like, it, it is cool to see them all. But in in our view we've always felt like Maul Obi-Wan. should have died on the when Obi-Wan cut him in half. Yeah, Obi-Wan Gun. killed him. Obi-Wan killed him. Now well. eventually they did make it where Obi-Wan does eventually kill Maul in The Rebels cartoon as an old man he he you know you know Darth
0: Maul finally finds out where he is. I know, and then he kills and, him in like two fucking seconds. Right,
1: and it's like so you basically brought a character back from the dead essentially and said like, well, no, he didn't die on the he just kind of got thrown on some trash planet and then they, they put spider legs on him and all this kind of stuff. That was the only, and, and like, that's the thing about like the, the Clone Wars cartoon, that, cl- that cartoon is very good. Anakin's awesome in that show. I've always loved Ahsoka because she was a really good character. Even you know, Padmé's a really good character in those stories. Like the whole Clone Wars cartoon, very well done. And it adds a lot of depth to the clones. It adds a lot of depth to the other characters you know, but the one part that always bothered me was that they thought that they needed to bring Darth Maul back to make him menacing. You have Maul's brother in Savage Opress. Have him just be his own villain without him running around with his brother, Darth Maul.
0: Yeah, well, it's just lazy writing. They couldn't yeah. come up with a better character, so they, they're just lazy They're so, like, writers. we'll just
1: bring Darth Maul back and come up with some excuse as to how he survived being cut in fucking half.
0: And then falling down a pit. Falling down a pit. Even if you can explain, like, well, he could live without his legs, it's like, oh, yeah, well, could he live, like, being smashed against the ground? You know, when he's, like, 200 feet above
1: whatever they were above at some kind of a power reactor or whatever, you know. You'd have to
0: explain how you put his fucking brains back in his head, too. Like, you can't just explain, well, he's got new legs, it's like, okay.
1: But how did he survive that fall?
0: Yeah, like, did someone, was someone standing down there and they, like, caught him? Yeah. (laughs) Oh, damn, dude, I got you, I got, I got you. <laughs> you. I got you, I got you, I Sorry, man, your legs are all fucked. We're going to have to put some sp- these spider legs on you or something. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Whatever you need to do, just do it. Okay, man, I mean, you're going to, but, I mean, you're going to be, I mean. I mean, I was
0: making this, uh, I was making these things for like, the guy, uh, from Wild Wild West, but, yeah, you could use them. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Good to see you brought some pillow to these proceedings. <laughs> um... But, uh, <laughs> oh, God. I don't know if we can defend that movie. The thing is, the thing is... I like that like, movie. <laughs> the thing about Wild Wild West is that, like, people fucking hated that movie and they, they torched it, right? Like, we, we, we understand everybody mostly hated that movie. I'm like, if you go into that movie with no expectations and you have no clue at all what it's about, it's pretty funny and it's enjoyable. If you go into it thinking, like, oh, it's going to be like the old Wild West TV show that they made back in the day it's not the characters are relatively the same luckily
0: i've never watched it yeah i mean
1: you know my roommate's <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah
1: my roommate's like he's, 60 so he's, he's like 80 hundred years old he's, <laughs> he's he's about chewbacca's age in this movie but anyway <laughs> but uh but that's just the um i think that uh you know just as far as like people just like bitching and complaining and being toxic it's like they're, they're always going to have you're always going to have people now, unfortunately, that are going to hate on the Star Wars movies. And it's like, look, it, we just kind of used to dealing with that now because we had to go through all that shit with the prequels. But, you know, the the other thing, too, is I think that a lot of times what happens is, is that uh, if people's expectations are so out of control, they cannot just sit back and watch a movie. That was the same thing. And it happened with Last Jedi. They walked into that thinking, okay, we're gonna know who Ray's parents are, we're gonna understand where how the hell Snoke has all this money and all this power, you know, we're gonna uh you know, we're gonna see, you know, like Luke uh, trying to rebuild the Jedi Order and all this stuff, and then when they get in the movie, Ryan Johnson's like, fuck that, like none of that shit that you thought you were gonna see is what you're gonna see. If people were fucking mad about it because they're like, we spent like two years fucking developing all these fan theories on YouTube. And I wasted all this time in my life trying to figure out who the fuck Snoke is. He's supposed to be,
0: you know, Darth Plagueis. And then you just say, fuck it and cut him in half anyway. I'm always glad whenever fan theories don't pan out because if the actual professionals, the, guy, the, the people that are getting paid to write these movies are as predictable as your fan theories, then why the fuck am I paying money? Yeah, I could just watch your movies. Mm-hmm. Which would be garbage, by the way. Right. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I just think that because uh, what was that one thing that happened? It was like this is the last Jedi version of if everything the fans wanted happened. Right. Yeah. And it was like, what? Like, uh, Luke is your father. And so was Han Solo. <laughs> yeah, and so was Han Solo. It's like
1: what? Yeah, that was that cartoon. Uh yeah. what
0: was it? Uh was it was it
1: Screen Rant did that cartoon? No, I think it
0: was uh was it Screen uh, Junkies. Um How It Should've Ended. How it should have ended. Was it were they the ones that did I that? I think that I think that was yeah, I think that was But it damn. was like a
1: little cartoon that was like if Last Jedi gave you everything that you wanted, you know?
0: Yeah, and it was like Luke's your father, and it's like okay, and it's like, and so so was Han, Solo. so was Han, yeah, and uh,
1: it's like oh okay, and then it's like they just uh, you know, and they were like, and, and Snoke is actually Darth Plague just just brought back to life and changed his identity, you know, and it's like all these like tropes that you just I mean, yeah just all imagined. these ridiculous
0: things, mm-hmm. and Obi Wan's back, <laughs> yeah, Obi Wan
1: just returns out of fucking nowhere, and everybody is like oh okay. But, uh, yeah,
0: (laughs) but, um,
1: it's, uh, the one thing, what's, what's happening? Are we getting attacked? Is the the zombie?
0: Yes. The fucking Illuminati. We got Illuminati. I
1: think they're, they're healing us with bombs or something.
0: Yeah. I felt, I felt it. It rumbled.
1: Right. (laughs) So, uh, anyway, so moving along to the next thing, right. Um, there's a lot of people that feel like this movie is disappointing when you compare it to rogue one. Right. Mm-hmm. So Steve's already rolled his eyes. So, <laughs> um, and one thing I will say is that like, I like this movie more than I like rogue one. Yeah. And, and you know, whatever, come at me, bro. If you, if you don't like that, then you probably don't understand what the show's fucking about anyway.
0: Yeah. See the thing about rogue one we was told by one of our, um, guests, Co-host I guess we can call him Uh, AJ's made appearances on this He told us that the the Rogue One Movie was the greatest Star Wars movie ever made and we watched it with him And we did like it Uh we did like it and Uh kinda but like Like my brother tried to watch it He couldn't even watch it it was so boring To him and then John he fell asleep Yeah actually I did fall asleep I, I, I think uh
1: what was the part I fell asleep during? It was like when they when they went to they went to Jeddah and they were trying to find Sagarera Yeah. yeah. They, it was like the, the when they were at Jeddah and everything, yeah.
0: Yeah, so and, he he went to uh you know, he yeah, I mean but Han the, the solo movie, this movie. I mean it's pretty exciting from beginning then there's really no down period. I mean, it's pretty interesting and you know, rogue one had its own purpose, but it was kind of a pointless movie. Well, that's the thing
1: that a lot of people feel about these movies in just particular. Cause people, there were some people that didn't even like rogue one and they were like, this is just as pointless as rogue one. It's just like, why do we need to know the backstories of some of this stuff? And we'll get into some of that in like another comment. But the thing I, th- I think about you know, Rogue One is that like it's it's interesting. And, I, and it's not to say that we hate that movie, because we definitely don't hate that movie. No,
0: it's fine. I mean,
1: I, I like it well enough. And you do get to see Vader fucking go ham and kill a bunch of people. That's awesome. And you get to see Vader's castle. Anytime we get to see Vader, it's cool, right? And you also get to see Grand Moff Tarkin, who I've always liked him as a character, because he's almost just as evil as the Emperor. He's just the military side of, of the Empire, because he's, the grand, he's a Grand Moff. So... You know, he's like the uh, the evil, you know, military guy that, you know, is high up and he's, you know, uh, I guess he'd be like right underneath Vader in terms of importance. And then sometimes he can supersede Vader when it comes to the military. But and there was cool parts of that. And I do like Jit Urso to a degree and I like Captain Cassian to a degree. And I think Cassian kind of redeems himself at the end of the movie. Um, you know, and there's good characters in that movie, but the problem that I have with Rogue One is that there are moments where it does feel kind of boring. This movie, I felt like I didn't fall asleep at any point during this movie, and no, never got to a point where I was dozing off. And I watched this at night time, so it was probably the best opportunity for me to fall asleep during a movie because I, uh, I was watching this like late one night, and um, my thing was is that you start off and it's like, it's an adventure movie. It's like, it's a heist movie. It's almost like, kind of like a, well, not like a buddy cop movie, but like a buddy movie because of Han and Chewbacca. Well, you know, uh,
0: some of it was based off of, uh, Butch Cassidy and the Sundance kid. And the
1: Sundance kid. Yeah. So as far as like the, the comments go for this, um, it, I'll go ahead and start it with this. So it says, uh, unfortunately, uh, Solo suffers from the problems afflicting the prequels. Since we know none of the franchise leads, Han Solo, Chewbacca, uh, and Lando Calrissian can't die in this movie. The film can generate only half as much suspense. The ill-fated characters that perish exert little impact in the greater context of events. Why should we care about Val and Rio? Val also dies for nothing because the robbery is botched by Han anyway. Unfortunately, the, this frivolous, uninspired potboiler pales by comparison with the best, Rogue One. You'll 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 neither find a diabolical Darth Vader nor an arrogant Orson Krennic lurk looking in the background here. Who cares if a couple of thieves die, considering we only know Val and Rio for about 20 minutes? When Jyn Erso and Cassian died in Rogue One, it was for the Rebellion. It was so the galaxy would have a chance against the Empire's ultimate weapon, the Death Star. Basically, Solo amounts to a laundry list of trivia serving as dots to connect the humdrum plot. Evidently, the people at Lucasfilm, Walt Disney Features, Imagine Entertainment, and Allison Shearmer Productions thought that depriving the title character of any shred of mystery would be indispensable for Star Wars fans. This movie is completely unnecessary. It's bland, annoying, predictable, and... Uh, uh, and uh, just as boring as anything else. As for the box office, Solo bombed on the opening weekend, which means audiences didn't care, and it continued to plummet, most likely due to people hearing bad news about what they already figured, uh, feared, or expected. And this is terrible news for Disney. Their planned Boba Fett and Obi Wan movies are now under looming shadow. Plus, the fact that George Lucas already covered those particular backstories in his rightfully maligned prequels. And also, really, Darth Maul is back? Darth Sidious, if he was alive, would have felt his presence.
0: <laughs> I mean... Um, so, what, one thing, though, uh, that I've seen early in the comment was about Han botching it. Yeah. He didn't botch it. He um, saved everyone. Right. He, he, he dropped the, the merchandise so he could risk everyone else that was still alive.
1: So he could rescue Beckett.
0: Yeah, Beckett and Chewie and, and Chewy. stuff. Uh, yep. Yeah, so he, he dropped that so they could live. If that that didn't happen, they all would have died.
1: They all would have died because uh, uh, Enfys, her crew, wouldn't have given up the goods because they had the cables attached to the other end of the of the, the cargo container.
0: Yeah, and Val didn't die because of Han. Val, Val died because of Beckett. Right. Not... Um, taken into consideration of, uh, you know, the pirates. Well, the thing I think
1: about, like, if if you look at this from the standpoint that, like, well, ultimately, you know, Han made a decision to save Beckett and to save Chewie, and they ended up having to drop the coaxium, and it blew up the mountain and everything. And so then people felt like, well, Val just died for nothing because you know she was the one who detonated she you know she couldn't get out of her position so she basically just detonated that bridge and then ended up killing herself in the process and she ended up dying for nothing because they ultimately she was she was willing to sacrifice herself so that beckett Han and Chewie could get out. Well, and Rio could get out with the uh, with the coaxium.
0: Well, she didn't sacrifice herself for the coaxium, though. She sacrificed herself for Beckett.
1: For Beckett, so that he would have a chance. And to And he did the get job. out,
0: so she didn't die for nothing. She saw, she died saving Beckett. Mm-hmm. And then Beckett ends up, you know, where he ends up, right? right. <laughs> but I think basically the- getting good old Western draw with old, you know, Han Solo, which was kind of. You know, kind of like a Clint Eastwood type character in this movie. It's like a yeah. western. It's like a space western at the end. Yeah, because it's I mean, fun. even it's even fun. the
1: even the Coaxium robbery feels like a train robbery from like an old outlaw movie.
0: Yeah, it is. That's yeah. exactly what it's Ron Howard did. did. He, he an made it. Yeah, he made it like a train robbery from an old outlaw movie. Yeah, that's exactly what he said. And it's, I, I think that
1: uh, <laughs> you know. It, the point that they that they made where it's like you know who cares about a couple of thieves and everything, it's like, it, I, the, for one thing, Rio's cool because I didn't realize it was John Favreau doing his voice and I'm yes. like that's actually really cool. I had to look up. I was like, who did the voice of Rio the alien? And I was like, oh fuck, it's Favreau. That's awesome. I didn't realize that when Favreau's I was Favreau's everywhere. He's yeah.
0: basically like a lifer for Disney. Disney's right. Yeah. Been-
1: you just need something done and Favreau, he's got it. He'll work he'll on it. He'll direct
0: it, he'll act in it, whatever. Which was kinda crazy. Like they had him as a voice, and I'm glad Ron Howard finished the movie, but why didn't they just ask Favreau to do it? Maybe he was a bit busy with the Avenger stuff. Yeah, possibly. Because I, I was like I was thinking that because I knew that and I was like, why didn't they just ask Favreau to finish directing? They just the kinda had
1: him just do the voice for Rio and then say, We'll have you be a character, but you know, we actually we have to have a like a regular director on set to, to finish this movie. Yeah.
0: Because I, I figure Favreau could have done it, but it's good that they got Ron Howard. This is the fourth time Ron Howard worked with Lucasfilm. Right. Because he worked with them uh for American graffiti,
1: mm-hmm.
0: more American graffiti, Willow, and then this. Yeah. Willow was his first directorial film. Yeah,
1: that's old school, yeah. But I, I think that you know Ward
0: Davis, who's also in this film.
1: Yeah. Work Davis always pops up. I mean, he's probably the most infamous as being wicked, the Ewok, but he also, he pops up in these other movies and things from time to time as like a, kind of just like a, like a, uh, not like a main character, but kind of like a side character that you see. Maybe seeing.
0: even a background character.
1: A background character. Yeah. Um, but it's, I think that, you know, people were, you know, like when they were talking about like, well, you know, at least Jen and Cassian died on Scarif trying to help the rebels get the plans and they ultimately get to Leia. And that's what they use to destroy the death star and all that kind of stuff. And it's like, these two just died because they were stealing some shit, you know, and they're like, it doesn't really, I'm like, if anything, I think that that moment when Han is basically like, well, I'm going to have to save Beckett and, I, and I'm gonna have to save Chewie. So I'm just going to let them have the coaxium and then we'll just deal with it later. I think that's the moment when Beckett decides that like later on, he definitely is going to turn on Han because he 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 blames Han for Val's death and Rio to a degree, maybe, or he just—that's why he punched maybe him.
0: Maybe even has a death wish. Maybe. maybe he just wants to join Val. Yeah, maybe. Maybe that's why. Because I mean, he knew Han was faster than him. Why? Why did he start talking? Do you think he Han was going to fall for the same thing twice, where the talking kind of distracted him for a second. I don't right. think he thought that. I think he wanted Han to kill him. Yeah. Because I don't think he wanted to live without Val.
1: Because eventually, like, after he after Han just shoots him, he was like, but I didn't teach you the great... Oh! And then he gets shot. And he's just kind of like, he just kind of he's like, okay, that's the right I, I wanted the kid to do that because I wanted him to learn. Yeah, I, because
0: he's nice to him after that. He's mm-hmm. even like, you know, he probably had enough strength to just grab his blaster and just shoot Han whenever Han was, like, holding him or He whatever. was just kind
1: of like, you know what, I'm just, I'm done. I'm done running. Yeah, I'm done dealing with it because he's like, you know, Val's dead, and I probably should be with her, you know.
0: And so the interesting thing about Beckett is that he beat out Christian Bale for that role. Christian Bale, huh? So that's who he had to beat out to be Beckett. I and as
1: much as we like Christian Bale, I don't know if he would have been able to do any better than Woody.
0: Uh, I think it would have been a different character. It would have been a totally Christian different Bell. kind of character yeah.
1: because Woody feels like one of those, like, he feels like an outlaw in an Old West movie.
0: I think Christian Bell would have been more intense, which we've seen Christian Bell as an outlaw in Western movies. Yeah. Uh, but I think, you
1: know, for, for some reason, I think Woody probably fits better with this, you know?
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah, I probably agree. It would have been interesting to see Christian, but Woody definitely kind of has the Star Wars feel.
1: Right, yeah. Um, hey, Mitch? No. <laughs> Hey, Mitch. Yeah. But, uh, you know, if for because uh, the one thing that I've, I've noticed is that, like, Rogue One, for whatever reason, they get it. Rogue One gets its dick sucked constantly by people, right? Yeah, it should be called Rogue Dick Suck. Rogue Dick Suck. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Rogue One, big dick suck. Um, <laughs> uh, but it's like people fucking love that movie. And it's like, to me, it's it's like if you're going to if you're if you're going to compare these to each other because that's the closest thing you have to this movie would be Rogue One because you they're should, all they
0: shouldn't be comparing any separate movies to each other.
1: Yeah, but but people are going to do that because they're like, well, Rogue One was a standalone story; it takes place before the original trilogy, and this is a standalone story that takes place before the original trilogy. So you know, people are going to ultimately compare them to each other, even though they're two totally different movies. Because basically, Rogue One eventually becomes a military operation. To, it, it becomes like a, uh, it, it's like a uh, like a reconnaissance mission, basically, to get information, to get intel about an enemy that you can use against one of their weapons. it's, it's, it's a war movie? Eventually, it becomes like a uh, almost like a spy kind of a war movie. Because um, it feels, especially like the battle on Scarf, feels like a World War II kind of thing, like storming the beaches at Normandy. And stuff like that to try and gain the position. And then while you have the troopers and, you know, the rebels and stuff fighting on the ground, you've also got the air battle because they're trying to deal with the shield above Scarif so that they can get the, you know, the ship, you know, they can get out of there with the plans. So it feels like a World War II movie. Like we said, this movie feels like a Wild West, like old school, like train robbery, train heist movie, Mm -hmm. you know, like you'd see in those old Westerns. And they're just two different approaches, but it's like they've they've kind of taken genre films and turned them into Star Wars movies because this is this is the criminal movie. You get to see the criminal underworld. You get to see uh, it's a lot know, of
0: worms. A lot of worms in the criminal. Underworld. Yeah, right.
1: Yeah, because Lady Proxima is like some kind of a weird caterpillar looking thing, and then you have you know the, like all the huts are kind of like big slugs, you know. Or like big worms, I guess. Big worm, yeah. big worms. There's more worms
0: in Star Wars than you'd think there would be.
1: Right. You know, there's also giant worms inside of, uh, you know, the asteroids, Three moons,
0: and, and asteroids. And, yeah.
1: and Empire Strikes Back, and it's Meg. Uh, right. And yeah. All the time. Right. Meg. Um, shut up, Meg. Um, but uh, I just feel like if you're going to compare this to Rogue One, it's almost unfair. And a lot of people feel like, well, Rogue One did good money because, you know... They, they did
0: do good money.
1: Yeah, it, it did. It, it made a lot of money. <laughs> and then when you look at this and it didn't make a lot of money, then pe- people are automatically going to think like, well, this movie isn't as good as Rogue One then because it didn't box office as much. And it's like, this this movie's just as capable of, of, of entertaining you as Rogue One is. And to me, I find this even more entertaining because I, you know, to a degree, I like the characters better, and I think one of the reasons why Rogue One to me kind of suffers is that we don't know who Jyn Erso is, we don't know who Cassian is. They just kind of put those guys on us. The yeah. characters that we do know, like Vader and Tarkin, they're all they're all villains, you know. Yeah, so the
0: rewatch value of Rogue One is probably ten percent the rewatch of this is probably around 70. Yeah. Because like, it, it's just a fun movie. You'll put it on at parties, show your friends, stuff like that, because it's just like, hey, you want to watch solo? Uh, no, nah, I heard that suck. Nope, it does not. <laughs> uh,
1: it's like, no, you're confusing that with your girlfriend.
0: <laughs> yes, she does suck.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> hey. at... Ping pong.
1: Right. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but anyway, um, but we'll go ahead and take a little bit of a, of a break here. And then when we come back, we'll actually talk about Han Solo. <laughs> it's been a
0: Okay, and we're back. So,
1: <clears throat> this movie is about Han Solo, right?
0: It's supposed to be. Yeah, right. <laughs> yes, it is.
1: So, uh, people fucking hated Alden Aaron <laughs> Well,
0: let's talk about good old Alden, 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 Alden.
1: <laughs> Are you okay? Does your left arm feel numb? <laughs> Call uh, me Aimless. Yeah. <laughs> uh, because, yeah. It's, uh, it's one of those like distinct German, names, you know, and right. Reich
0: is awesome. Yeah. Um, I love his name,
1: but, uh, it's, uh, I think to a degree and, and I'll go into, because the comment for this is actually quite lengthy, but because th- this, he probably has more comments than anything else besides people that were, you know, complaining about how the movie's written. But, um, the thing I'll say about you know Aaron Reich is that he has a nearly impossible task here. He's having to not only be a, a version of Han Solo that we've never seen before, every single version that we've ever, every time we've ever seen Han on screen has been Harrison Ford, you know? So to have somebody who is not Harrison Ford playing this role it's almost impossible for people, I think, to truly embrace him as the young, like the 20-something-year-old version of Han. So he has an uphill battle as soon as he ever takes this role and signs a contract because people are automatically going to be like, well, he doesn't look like Han Solo. He's shorter than Harrison Ford. He doesn't look anything like him. He can't even talk like him. You know, and it's like, how the fuck? Are, basically, what he did was he was like, I'm just going to do the best Han Solo that I can do. And, you know, if they don't like me, then fuck them. They're probably not going to like me in the first place.
0: You know? with Star Wars fans, uh, it's always kind of an uphill battle. Right. Because they expect the exact same thing they got out of the original three movies.
1: That's one of the problems I think that Star Wars has is that some people... They just need to watch the original three movies, you know, New Hope and Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi, and just, just disregard everything else. If you don't like anything else that they've done with seven, eight, and then, you know, with nine coming up next year, you don't like the uh store this this the side stories like Rogue One and Solo. If you don't like that stuff, then just fuck off. Don't watch any of it. You know, yeah, don't complain about it either. You,
0: you're not a Star Wars fan.
1: Yeah, if you don't like that stuff, you're then you're probably not a Star like, Wars fan. Oh,
0: I have this, all this Star Wars mem- memorabilia around me and all this stuff. And it's like, yeah, all this stuff is old stuff. Right. So you like that Star Wars. You don't like the prequels, whatever, fine. You don't like the sequels, whatever, fine. You don't like the spinoffs, whatever, fine. Just don't bitch about it. Just watch your three movies and be okay.
1: And live in the 1980s.
0: <laughs> yeah, re- read your fan fiction books because there was like a thousand of them, so you shouldn't run out of them.
1: Right. Um, exactly, yeah. Uh,
0: but Shit ain't even canon.
1: Not mm-hmm. anymore, no. Well, the- they're taking things out of that to make it canon.
0: Oh, they're ripping know? those writers off, but those particular books are not canon. They're still your ideas, but that's yeah. what Disney do.
1: yeah i mean unfortunately i mean that's how we get you know uh some of these characters coming back because like literally i've seen uh, an action figure for darth revan yeah you know and it's like but they want to act like the knights of the old republic stories don't exist in canon but yet you have an action figure that's darth revan with the mask and the lightsaber and everything but yet you don't want to acknowledge that knights of the old republic one and two like exist as canon so it's like, you, if you if you want to use that character, you need to credit the people who wrote that at LucasArts back in the day who made those games
0: and well, make that shit yeah, canon. Yeah, I mean, there's a loophole to all that. I mean, they basically owned it. None of that's canon anymore. Only what we do in Movie Farms canon now.
1: Yeah, or the... The, the, uh, the cartoons. TV
0: shows. Yeah, the TV shows, the cartoons, yeah.
1: Well, then the live-action, the Mandalorian show that they're doing...
0: But who knows, if they get canceled, they'll be like, well, none of that was canon. So, right. Okay. <laughs> I mean, you guys just make the rules, huh?
1: Yeah, you just make the shit up as you go, huh, Disney?
0: And let's, let's change, uh, and I, I'm a fan of Disney, but let's change, uh, Disney ruined public domain for everyone, so... Right. That needs to be fixed. Okay.
1: But anyway... <laughs> Uh, but we're beyond all that hate. So
0: that's not hate. You need yeah, ex- that's you just need real fi- shit. You need to fix public domain. Disney caused all this shit. Right. Yeah. Back in the day, do your research. Yeah. Okay. Don't be
1: a, Don't be sheeple.
0: <laughs> don't be a sheeple. Right. Open uh, up a fucking book every now and then. You're
1: right. Yeah. Read.
0: Not Not a Playboy. Does anybody still do that?
1: No, Playboy doesn't even do nudity anymore. Man, they cut all that
0: out. Do they just do articles now? It's just
1: it's just like a lifestyle magazine with just like like fully clothed beautiful women. There's Are no, you serious? Nudity. no, I'm not, I'm not bullshitting you. I'm not bullshitting you at all. Because I read an article that said that they basically they uh because uh when Hugh was like getting very close to his deathbed, he just he figured that he wasn't gonna be able to compete with like the likes of porn and stuff like that. So you're just gonna give up on the nudity thing and just make it more like a like a lifestyle magazine like uh like uh, was FHM or whatever. It was going to be something kind of like that.
0: Like Maxim. Like
1: Maxim, kind of like that. Where it's you know what be happened like to Maxim?
0: A, it's like a men's lifestyle magazine. They're they're not a magazine anymore.
1: Yeah, because you hadn't heard shit from Maxim. So Playboy is probably not too far behind it now. Um, because they basically said oh that they God. just they were going to stop doing nudity because they felt like the nudity wasn't, it wasn't as much of an, it was just like a novelty instead of it actually being the reason why people bought it. Cause if you want to see naked chicks, you can find 5 million, you know, pictures of naked chicks on the internet. You can find all the porn you want, whatever. And so, you know, Hefner was like, well, wh- why don't we just go ahead and just make it like a regular, like men's lifestyle magazine. And then just, you know, went from there. But it's like, playboy has always been like, it's been about the centerfold. It's been about, the naked models that was the whole reason you bought the shit in the first place. If you make it like Maxim, there's nothing about Playboy that's unique anymore. It's like one of the, any of those other men's, you know, magazines with just beautiful women and no nudity. It's like the same damn thing.
0: That's depressing me. Let's move. On. <laughs> so anyway,
1: yeah, doesn't it feel like part of your soul kind of dies when you hear that, you know?
0: Well, the first time i seen Jamie Presley nude was in a Playboy.
1: So. Yeah. And so we'll, you know, we'll always have that memory, but we won't have any new memories, you know? Or memories.
0: <laughs> Look at it that way. What was she said say memories? Memories.
1: Here's to the memories.
0: <laughs> oh, my God. Drink uh, Dunkin' Donuts black <laughs> coffee beer or whatever the fuck that's called. Harpoon Dunkin' Coffee Ooh. Porter. It'll get you fucked up. It'll make you say memories. It'll say, make <laughs> you say memories. You know, in a pun,
1: uh, because, you know, that's what you do, right? Um, that's
0: what they do. <laughs> but anyway.
1: <laughs> this is what happens when you get two Star Wars fans on alcohol. Or mm-hmm. they can just talk about Star Wars. You get crazy shit.
0: Real so, Star Wars fans. The Star Wars fans that likes everything Star Wars. He yeah. doesn't really bitch about anything Star Wars. Yeah, that's we, a Star Wars I Wars
1: mean, we might have little nitpicks here and there about yeah. things that might have slightly bothered us. Like, Darth Maul should be
0: dead. That's, Darth Maul that's all we have dead. to say about that. He should but, be dead. He was killed.
1: But they wanted to bring him back and, and have him be cash like grab. A, 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 cash grab. a crime syndicate lord or
0: whatever. So it's like, whatever. That part's a cash grab. Obvious cash grab. Right, yeah. They're like, oh, he sold a lot of toys. Ooh, Darth Maul lived and he has spider legs now. It's like... Yeah. What the... No, that, that doesn't make any sense <laughs> still. He he fell in like a bottomless pit. Right. He's dead.
1: Yeah. And it's like, we this is it, this like, it kind of irks us. So we had to go back and talk about it again. But anyway... Uh, but this movie's about Han Solo, so let's talk about what people didn't like about old Han, or Han, however you want to say it. Han! Han! Uh, so it says it's before, hard, but that's alright. Right. right. Uh, before I tee off on this piece of garbage disguised, disguised as a Star Wars movie <laughs> that only uses cheap cinematic nostalgia magic tricks and sleight of hand, all you really need to know is that this is the Greedo shot first version of Han Solo the completely unbelievable version of a ruthless smuggler who owes the whole galaxy money and lives on the run. Nah, this is the cutesy pretty boy Han whose weakness should have been savagely taken advantage of amongst the space scum in that line of work. Uh, point being right off the bat, the character doesn't fit who he would need to be believable. who he would need to be to believably live on the run, breaking the law. Uh, you Han's- mean like
0: immediately? Like he should immediately be like Han Solo? He should be hope?
1: kind of like a scumbag just right off the bat. It's like, like he's a survivor and he, he's a hustler. Like he can cheat people at cards. You know, he can like you know, because he, he even steals the speeder at the beginning of the of the thing by hot rodding it. You know, he like hot rods the speeder and then steals it and then you know, him and uh, you know, then eventually he, he meets up with Kira and then he uses the speeder to try and escape and and everything, and it's like, he, but, you know, and I'll keep reading, but like, the thing was like, they were like, this is the, this is the cutesy pretty boy version of Han. And it's like, I mean, I wouldn't say that he's like a cutesy person. I mean, he might have a, a little bit of a naivety to him because he's not, he didn't grow up in, in like a criminal world kind of like how Beckett did where Beckett's kind of always been an outlaw. And, you know, he's, he's an older guy. He's been doing this for, you know, probably 20, was 30 it, years. Was he
0: saying cutesy as a personality thing or like an appearance? thing? Uh, I think what he's trying to say is that he's like, uh, he's
1: uh w- one thing. And, and I'll get into it in the comments is that people felt like he, uh he was way too happy and smiled too much. And so people thought that he had like this cutesy personality that he was like this good guy that everybody would get along with,
0: you know? And it's like... He did smile a lot more than Harrison Ford did, but he was still pretty new to this. Yeah. So he would have been excited about all these things.
1: Right, yeah, because this is what he's been having, wanting the opportunity to have.
0: Yeah, I was wondering, I was like, is this a Paris thing? Because if you're going to compare appearances between, you know, Al Nalryk and Harrison Ford, I mean, that's not even like... You know how many women still to this day think Harrison Ford is like the sexiest motherfucker on the planet? Oh, yeah. Like, current Harrison Ford. Right. Like, not even like...
1: 19... Uh, like You know, like <laughs> Indiana Jones Harrison. Yeah.
0: Like, current. like yeah. So, that that wouldn't even be fair. Right. Really. But, you know, I mean, you're not gonna get a guy that looks like that, because, I mean, you slash most people look differently. Right. <laughs> um, we talked about like the person that probably could have you know done his attitude like his cockiness and stuff a little bit better it would be logan lerman and i think we mentioned that on other episodes of our Starters yeah episode. when
1: we were talking about we might end up doing this as an episode we said that yeah we feel like you know Aaron reich you know i mean it is what it is but we we would have loved to have seen what logan lerman could have done with a role
0: like this yeah because i think it just that cockiness that he has in him, and uh, everything. Because you're you're really not. I mean, when you do this, you're really not gonna nail a guy that looks like Harrison Ford. Because there's nobody that does. Uh, you you really just have to try to cast somebody that has the attitude Harrison, or Ford at
1: least at. can can act like Han does.
0: Yeah, and no. I think Logan Lerman had the best chance of doing that. But the, you know, this kid didn't do bad. So so let's
1: let's continue on with the rest of it, right? Yeah. So. It says, Han Solo's younger version, played by Alden Ehrenreich, uh, bears little resemblance to his lanky predecessor. Appropriately, he is an optimistic soul who hasn't attained the wisdom that years of hardship would later impart. Strutting around like Billy the Kid, Ehrenreich smiles too often to be taken seriously. Of course, everybody is bound to appreciate the irony when he utters the line, I've got a good feeling about this. If the film establishes anything, it is Han's naivety. He spends the entire movie fooling himself that he isn't the good guy when even his passing love interest, which is Kira, observes that he isn't a good guy. Hardcore fans and even mainstream audiences didn't need a reason for Han Solo to be anything but the character he was in the original trilogy, where Harrison Ford's performance felt both effortless and driven, leaving no time to reflect upon a life that led to a position of needing to move forward beyond what he was hired for. That means, you know, who, who he is is or what he does is who he is. Beyond the inconvenience of remembering the real Han throughout the flick and how terribly off this guy is who plays the version of Solo or the Sol- this version of Solo is, it's really like really badly
0: right there. No, it's just kind of tongue, tongue twister when yeah, you're talking uh, about Hans and Solos.
1: Right. Yeah. Uh, uh. <laughs> he, he He's also an absolutely horrendous actor. What Harrison Ford brought to the character was a pointed, focused, glib, and mischievous persona that is still involving addictive and timeless. Basically, Solo, uh, a Star Wars story, attempts badly to provide answers that the legendary uh, rebel of of Rebels didn't need or ask for. Uh, Han Solo never looked back, so why should we? Alden who never once felt like he channeled the character of of Han, he never once felt like he channeled Han Solo. I never once felt like I was watching a Han Solo film. It felt like a like random characters in a movie with Chewbacca. I have more respect for Ewan McGregor now. In his performance, I felt like I was watching a young Obi-Wan despite the fact that he looked nothing like Alec Guinness. Harrison Ford and Billy D Williams are Han and Lando. I never bought Alden Ehrenreich and Donald Glover in their roles. Sorry
0: well okay just just to start at the end point you have no imagination um yeah then Alden you know Alden as Harrison Ford yes Harrison Ford is is the much superior actor he is effortless as Han yes that that part is true yeah but you can't <laughs> you can't expect someone else to be effortless as Han because Harrison created Han, so he has the basis of Han in his being. That way he can come back to him 40 years later and do it with no effort. Alden has to learn how to try to do that. Right. And then do it on screen.
1: Mm-hmm. And make his presence feel exactly like Harrison's did.
0: And Donald Glover and Billy D. Williams... You know, Donald Glover and the scenes that he does with Alden are the best scenes in the movie. Because Alden he just gets way better in those scenes because he has to be in scenes with Donald Glover. Yeah. And it excels. And it's so good. It's such good chemistry between those two uh, great actors. And you know, I think Billy D. Williams would probably even say himself, if you, you know, asked him, who's the most talented person out of you and Donald Glover, he'd probably tell you Donald Glover. <laughs> but he is Lando Calrissian. He's, he's
1: humble like that, yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean, because there's not many people in Hollywood today that has the talent level of Donald, Donald Glover, you know, to a rapper, writer director actor actor i mean he and everything he does he's great at like he literally could have directed this movie
1: yeah uh, <laughs> that would have been um, interesting but I, I think aaron reich and this is something we were talking about earlier aaron reich he ups his game whenever he's on screen with donald glover because that relationship between han and lando is very very important for star wars and also, he doesn't want to get outshone by Donald Glover because he's a uh, yeah. He's like, well, no, nah, I, can, I can hang in there with Donald Glover. I can be just as good on screen with him.
0: And if you guys want to see some good stuff with Alden All Right that I've seen when it was a couple of years back, George Clooney directed this movie called Hell, Caesar. Right. And he's in that. That's one of his kind of breakthrough roles. Go watch that. He's actually really funny and really good in that. And I think that's probably what landed him this movie. Right. Uh, so... Because Han
1: has his funny moments. He also has his moments when he can be kind of brutal. And then he also has moments when he can just be, like, just smooth, you know? Yeah, and if
0: you don't get chills whenever Chewie's actually the person that sits down with him in the cockpit for the first time, then you're not a Star Wars fan. Right. Because that was one of my favorite scenes in the movie.
1: When When he first gets that when he get wins the falcon from lando at the very very end and well, then, and
0: and Kara, then. Uh, Kara sets down uh, next to him at first uh and then she doesn't know how to do something and then chewie's like it's like yeah. how do you know how to fly you're 190 years old right yeah <laughs> <You're> great <laughs> yeah and then like some stuff happens and then he finally sits down and you know, you just kind of see them look at each other and you just see Han kind of like nod to him, And then they just, you're just kind of like, yeah, this is it. This is, this is the people that are supposed to be piloting the millennium Falcon. Han and Chewie.
1: No, no, that was like when they were, uh, that's when they were trying to escape from, from Kessel. Yes. That's when when they're doing the Kessel Kessel run. run. Yeah, that's right.
0: Yeah. Chewie actually sits down in the chair in the Kessel run Mm -hmm. and that's whenever they make it. That's
1: Yeah because yeah. uh cuz lando's preoccupied with l3
0: yeah castle's not a speed it is a it's a distance yeah cuz everybody
1: wanted to talk shit about like you know parsec is you know it's it's distance it's not like a speed you know Yeah, everybody I mean, it's, like, it's supposed that. to
0: be 20 parsecs instead of 12 and a half yeah but he did it 12 and a half instead of 20 and that's why it's such a big deal
1: yeah because he cut he basically took a shortcut through there that normally nobody would ever been able to have made. You know, because yeah. he was the uh
0: It wasn't a mistake. They knew what they were they knew what they were doing. He said it right. So yeah. eat a dick. Yeah. <laughs> okay.
1: He cut the distance of the Kessel run down. But I think that like as far as you know Alden goes, he it's like he I feel like he's got a very difficult task because he's he's basically in a movie where he is he is the weakest actor basically in the movie, and that's not to say they did a bad job. It's just when you look at who he has to act, act opposite of, he has to deal with Amelia Clark, who is amazing. He has to deal with uh, Woody Harrelson, who has been he's a veteran actor, he's been acting for he years. Was a white man can't jump, yeah, man. I mean, you know, if you're in a if you're in a movie with with Wesley Snipes, you you, you already have street cred, so. You know he has to deal with Amelia Clark, where he has to deal with her one on one and have the whole like the kind of. You have Paul like Bettany the, in this movie. Yeah, Paul Bettany in this movie. So he has to act the opposite of Paul you Bettany. Donald Glover in this. Donald movie. Glover is Lando. <laughs> so there's a lot of really good acting talent that he has to deal with. He has, also in scenes with Andy Newton.
0: Howard in this movie.
1: Where where is Clint Howard? I couldn't find him.
0: What is he? A, is he? uh He's in the 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 cage. Whenever the the droids like don't you know the cage? He's in the cage. Oh, at the the, at the the droid fights. Yeah, he's the ref. Oh, is he?
1: Oh shit! I didn't realize that was Clint Howard, bad. I was looking for him. I couldn't that, find him. I
0: mean, he's the best quarterback. I guess that was
1: Joe Montana. Yeah. <laughs> I was looking at other shit. Apparently, I was. You
0: must have been. I was
1: trying to figure out was if there was like. You looking at
0: droid titties?
1: <laughs> I was trying to see if any of the droids were like Easter eggs. If those were like uh, droids that show Huges up later. I was not
0: paying attention. I was at not all. paying
1: attention to the referee at all. Um, mm. I should have known that it would have been somebody like that that Ron would put his brother in. You know, he uh, was in
0: an episode of Star Trek in 1966. Oh really? I found. Uh, I didn't see the name of the episode, but he was in an episode. Was he of Star like was Trek. he like
1: an officer on the Enterprise or something? Probably. Or he might like have a, been an alien. <laughs> he looks I don't like know I don't know
0: how old he would have been in nineteen sixty six, so I don't know what to tell you to look for. Oh okay. So you um, know he might have been fifty in nineteen sixty six. He might be two hundred years old. I don't know how old Clint Howard <laughs> is. He's looked the exact same the entire existence of his life. That's he really was, true. He was four years old and he looks exactly like he looks now. Right.
1: With the bald spot in <laughs> Oh, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's like, I, I think that it, you know, as far as like, you know, comparing him to Harrison Ford, he's never going to be here. I, I think, think Ford that right it's unfair to say like, well, you know, he doesn't really feel like Han. It's like, he, he does a pretty good job of being Han. Is it perfect? No, it's not perfect. But, you know, you, you get the, you get, or at least I get the sense watching this, that this is, that this is Han before we know him from a new hope. So he's going to be a little bit different because he was basically a street punk. They got an opportunity to get out, or at least he thought he was getting out. And then he ends up going into the military because it's really his only way to escape, you know? And so his three years that he spent as like a, you know, in, in the empire have kind of changed, you know, who he is to a degree because he didn't get to go out and immediately get into like a crime syndicate like Kira did. Kira basically has been doing this stuff for all those years, and that's how she met Dryden Voss, and that's how she got involved with the Crimson Dawn and all that kind of stuff, and Han hasn't been able to do that. Han's been a military guy, so when he gets the opportunity to kind of mix in with these criminals, he doesn't really know what the fuck he's doing. He's just kind of doing this shit by the seat of his pants, including that moment, like which is... One of the moments that's like to me made me like really laugh out loud was when he, uh, they it, like when emphis uh, basically meets up with them after they steal the coaxium from Kessel and they do the whole Kessel run. Emphis confronts him and he was like, He was like, That ship over there has 30 hired guns in it. You know, all we got to do is make the signal and you'll be surrounded. And then like Lando just takes off in the Falcon and he just kind of backs up and he was like, okay, you 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 can do your thing. <laughs> like, yeah. He's kind of like, he knows he fucked up bad. And then Becky just kind of looks at him like, why don't you let me fucking handle this, you know?
0: Yeah, because he's like, <laughs> that's literally what he tells him before it starts. He's like, let me handle it. Don't yeah. say a word. Yeah, don't And then do as anything. soon as it gets down there, Han just has to say something. It's like, They'll do like this. They'll be all they'll surround you or whatever, and they're like, and then you see the falcon just fly off, and he's, he's just like, kind of like, well, yeah, you just you just do your thing,
1: yeah. <laughs> go, do, do what you're gonna do anyway. I fucked up, Because he kind of gives them that look, like, okay, Beckett, I fucked up. I'm sorry, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but yeah. Now since we, we we did talk a little bit about Lando, we'll, well, I'll go to the next part. This this is a smaller section about Lando, but um. One thing I will say is that, like, uh, people... Some people, either they love Donald Glover as Lando or they fucking hated him as Lando. And they definitely... Most people that I read on the one-star comments hated, absolutely hated L3. They could not stand that droid at all. And to me, she's one of the funniest parts of this movie. But she also has, like, you know, she has, like, a goal because she's she's also, like, she's big into, you know, the droids not being you know, treated as like slaves essentially because of the straining bolts and their programming and all that kind of stuff. But, uh, the comment that I have on here, it says, uh, Lando in this movie is a joke. Uh, the character t- is totally out of sync with Billy D Williams version. And I still don't like the character just anyway. Let's really talk about these capes because that's different, right? Uh, I imagine that's the self of, uh, you know, action figures and Halloween costumes, you know, uh this this Lando couldn't hold a torch to the Billy D Williams version anyway. We also now have a more annoying character than Jar Jar in L337. <laughs> she literally talks about equal rights for droids and yells rebellion as she's dealing with the guards in the Kessel mines. Uh <laughs> And that's in all caps, the uh at the end. <laughs> of it. Ugh, they were just I had a lot of people that were talking about, like, so they literally have a social justice droid in this movie, you know, that's trying to free the robots and everything, the droids. And people fucking hated L3. And I was like, I think she's cool because she has, like, she's a robot that actually does have personality. Like you were saying earlier when we were eating, you were like, the the droids of these spinoff movies are two of, like, the best characters that they've made you know The Imperial droid that was uh reprogrammed by the Rebels in Rogue One, mm-hmm. he's one of the... I forgot, was it K2? K2, yeah. K2, uh, the Imperial droid that they reprogrammed to help him. And then in this movie, you have L3, who's basically like... She's like a co-pilot droid that Lando built, or I guess he... I don't know if he quieted her. Did he build her? I guess he built her, didn't he? I think he built her. He built her, you know, and she also has one of the best navigational maps in the galaxy in her brain. That's why she becomes
0: the millennium Falcon.
1: Yeah. That's one of the things I thought was cool was that when L3 gets destroyed that, uh, you know, Han has the idea. He was like, well, you said yourself that L3 has the, basically the best navigational maps in the galaxy in her, in, you know, in her, her brain. So why don't we just hook that into the ship's computer and we can use her maps to get our way out of this. And he was like, you know, would, would that work? And you know, Lando's like, Yeah, hypothetically, I guess it would. And he was like, well, we got to try it because you know.
0: Yeah.
1: And so they, so he basically takes L three's you know memory and, and puts that into the Falcon's like the the uh, the computer that runs the ship. And it's kind of interesting because when you know that it's like it does make how quirky the Falcon is kind of makes sense that it's it's like being run by L3. a quirky droid and you she's know?
0: free now. Yeah. Because she's the Falcon, which is like the freest ship in the entire galaxy, because mm-hmm. it's ran by Han. Yeah, and he just does whatever the fuck he wants to do, so right?
1: And uh, that's
0: what she does too. So I mean, she's she she gets to navigate wherever, mm-hmm. whenever. So that's that. That's actually a really good story. She has one of the best story arcs in the movie. Yeah. Also,
1: like how it's it's kind of funny when um you know when it's just her and Kira, like, in the cockpit or whatever, and she was like, so what are you going to do with your situation? And Kira's like, well, what situation are you talking about? And she was like, you know, it's like, I, you know, she was like, I can tell that, you know, you know, Han, you know, has, like, he, you know, his his temperature goes up when he's around you and everything and stuff like that. And she was like, Han is not in love with me. And she was like, oh, don't kid me, I know. And she was like, she was like, sometimes she's like, I, I have a feeling that Lando's like that,
0: too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah uh, sure sure
1: yeah and then she was like oh okay yeah 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 <laughs> sure you know and she was like you know she's like sometimes i think that maybe it could work and then she was like but no she was like i you know lando lando you know it wouldn't work between the two of us you know and it's like and especially like uh you know kira's like well how would that work you know like how would <laughs> how would you?" Like it's not like she's like a sex bot or something. She's, yeah, she she's she's says doing. something
0: like, "There's a way." Yeah, there's a way. There's something. It's like what? It's like uh,
1: so. What are you gonna like install like some kind of vagina or something for Lando to take advantage of? Like, what are you Ooh, gonna it's, do? It's
0: gross to even think about. Right? Yeah, but it's like you know. Anytime I, I, you say the words "installing a vagina," <laughs> that's, just not, that's not anything. It's like, is it a good right, thing I'm that just gonna I said look- that and
1: not you? Right? Yes.
0: Yes, it is. <laughs>
1: I don't have any shame. If robots want to get vaginas
0: installed so they can get fucked, I mean, that's their priority. (laughs) I mean, you know. If that's what Skynet's planning. Yeah. It's like, oh no, they're gonna, Google's gonna make the Terminator race and stuff, and it's like, wait, they just made a bunch of sex bots? And they're based on Emma Stone? Oh, shit, I'm okay.
1: I'm, a, I'm down, down with
0: this. Yeah, Skynet's like, yeah, what do you think? We are planning, like, world domination? Yeah, I mean, we've seen the Terminator movies.
1: It's like, that's just fiction. We don't actually have an agenda like that.
0: Yeah, we just have a bunch of, like, slutty bots. Bunch of slut bots, yeah. We just
1: do whatever. It's like, it's like, like wow, this is really turning the You guys were
0: really, really secretive about all this, though. Yeah, we want to surprise the world. Right. I don't so, think you uh, surprised everybody. You know. So there you go. Right. Yeah. <laughs> that was our whole plan. But uh
1: but yeah, we have uh one one last section to go and I think that <laughs> the uh sex bots aside
0: <laughs> I've got a good feeling about this. Right.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, I think uh when you look at this movie, it's like I, I think some people when they were watching this, they're thinking like oh, so they're just going to cram everything that Han Solo had in his history into, uh, like, one fucking movie. You know, it's like, basically, this this movie just tells his entire life, right? And people were super pissed about that, because they're like, so everything that Han Solo did before A New Hope is just jammed into this movie. And, and I'll go into the comments in, in detail, but... It would have been uh, even more
0: funny if it all would have took place in like one day.
1: Right, yeah, 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 yeah. If this had just been like one day, it's like, this is just one day in Han's life.
0: One day in Han's life. It's like all the legendary shit we heard about Yeah, <laughs> in A New Hope happened in one day.
1: Yeah, like holy uh, shit. That's one hell of a day, man.
0: This dude's eventful. It'd be like one of those road trip movies, you know, where all kinds of shit happens. Yeah, and the way to get to something like Harold
1: and Kumar get to White Castle. <laughs> yeah,
0: all that happens in one night.
1: Han and Lando do the Kessel Run with Chewbacca.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> that would be yeah, that'd be interesting to see.
0: They did uh, it, and you find out they did it because they were stoned and had the munchies, and they were trying to get to a White Castle.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. And they, you know, and Chewie's there to be their muscle. You know, just in case some shit goes down, I got Chewbacca as their muscle. <laughs> uh, but anyway. <laughs> So, uh, I'll go ahead and start off with a comment. So it, so it says, uh, to me, it felt like this movie filled in too many blanks. I went into this wondering if they would mention the Kessel run, not knowing that that would be the whole plot of the entire movie. A campy gargantuan octopus in outer space with teeth makes the depiction of the Kessel run appear ludicrous rather than legendary. Why couldn't Han's last name simply just be solo? It didn't need to be an English nickname. It killed the idea that he could be otherworldly. Also, how he won the Millennium Falcon while gambling with uh, the duplicitous Lando Calrissian during Game of Sabacc. And also, Han's iconic blaster pistol was just given to him by Beckett. Seems kind of lame. Furthermore, we learn the circumstances of Han's chance encounter in a prison cell with with Chewbacca. While most of the film sticks to the original details that have been uh, part of... uh, part and parcel of the Star Wars film franchise as well as the extended universe of the Star Wars novels, Ron Howard and the Kasdans uh, have altered those circumstances for dramatic purposes. Originally Han had been an Imperial officer officer, who had intervened on behalf of Chewbacca while a fellow Empire officer was torturing the Wookiee. In Solo, the two were thrown together unceremoniously as prisoners into an oubliette a prison that can only be accessed by a trapdoor in the ceiling. Nowhere in the film do the filmmakers account for Han's ability to converse with Chewbacca in the Wookiee's own language. They wrote for Han to give a Wookiee's growl as an impression. Oh, and let's go ahead and point out uh, that we'll call Chewbacca chewy from now on. Just have Han speak English to him and they understand each other. I wish they had left my imagination like it was to think the way they understand one another had a mystique. Like, clairvoyant, we just understand each other type of thing. The writers just seem compelled to explain every single thing and through this movie.
0: Well, this is just a case of, oh, well, it wasn't in the original three. So you're messing with my stuff. and You're <laughs> fucking with a Star Wars, man. Stop touching a Star Wars. But he never spoke in Wookiee in the original. So that means he doesn't know it. It's yeah. like, no, that's not what it means. And he doesn't say he knows it a lot.
1: No. <laughs> uh yeah he because even says he's like i know a little okay like he knows just enough wookiee that he could kind of mimic it but for the people who especially for that particular part uh where it's like oh seriously so he can he can like imitate a growl like a, like a wookiee can so that you know he so chewy can understand him. i'm like the reason why he does that is because he knows that if he speaks english or in star wars it's called basic if he speaks that there are fucking stormtroopers above him that are wanting to see Han die because they want to see Chewbacca rip him apart and eat him and shit. Right? Because it's entertainment for them. They're like, yeah, kill him, get him, you know. So if he says to to Chewie like out loud, "Hey." Uh, I want you to pretend like you're whooping my ass so we can go kill these two goons and get out of here. They're going to be like, Oh fuck. No, they're just going to shoot him through the grate. <laughs> so in order for this plan to work, he basically had, he, once he realizes that he's in the cage with a Wookiee, he's like, Oh shit. Well, I can speak like very basic Wookiee. I can give him a few things to let him know, Hey, let's work together, man. And we'll both get out of here. You know, because you don't want to be here. I definitely damn sure don't want to be here. And he's he's basically a deserter at that point, you know. Mm-hmm. Or he's about to become a deserter. So he's like, I'm fucking getting out of here because he wants to leave with Beckett and go join his crew. But if he starts speaking English to Chewbacca at the very beginning, all kinds of hell break loose because those guards are just going to end up shooting him anyway.
0: Yeah, and Beckett giving him his blaster. I mean, it's not like Han Solo was going to, you know, just... What I mean? How do they want him to get his blaster? It's just a gun. You guys made such a big deal about them showing too much of the card game or whatever, but you have like a problem with just Beckett just kind of taking that little rifle apart and throwing it to
1: giving him the blaster. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) But I think I think what some people were thinking is that they what they wanted to see I think was they wanted to see like you know like a young Han Solo with like his dad and like his dad like shoot something on the family's land and it's like, well, one day, boy, you'll be able to take care of the family. Like I took care of the family with this gun and like gives it to him. And he was like, Oh, thank you, Papa. And it's like, and it's like this gun has like this, cosmic significance to the rest of his life no he's a scumbag he's a scoundrel and he's he's working with a crew that's a bunch of thieves doesn't even
0: like his dad
1: yeah he doesn't even like his dad and i now, mean if they
0: went that angle you know his dad would have had to have been Clint Eastwood. right yeah
1: <laughs> yeah probably <laughs> it would have had to have been somebody like that, that would have yeah. been
0: cool as hell
1: yeah it would have been like Han Solo's dad is like fucking or actually have his would? dad
0: be Harrison Ford oh yeah <laughs> wouldn't that be some shit
1: yeah it's like uh that they, would have been some... they,
0: they probably would have made a lot of money if they would have done that like his mentor is actually going to be his dad and we're going to get Harrison Ford to do it
1: again. yeah uh huh like he learned it from his pops but basically you know I I think that like when it comes to like his blasters, like Han's blaster is like iconic, right? Most people, if you just show them what that looks like and don't tell them what it is, most people, if they know Star Wars, they're like, "Oh yeah, it's Han Solo's uh, side blaster." And they're you know, because I mean, I, I even watched um, a video about Adam Savage from MythBusters, and you know, he's a big prop guy, and he likes to build his own props because that's what he did for Industrial Light and Magic. He built props for stuff and. I think he also had to build – I think he built R2-D2 or he built one of the R2-D2s or helped build part of it. I forgot exactly. I know Grant Amihara built uh, the one from the prequels. But but yeah, he was like – he's always been a big fan of like Harrison Ford movies. So he has like a – he has like a real leather jacket that's like the Indiana Jones jacket. He has the whip. He has the hat, all that stuff that's like authentic. And then he's also got – a um, uh well, it's a Deckard's uh pistol from Blade Runner, and one of the other ones that he really wanted to have was a was like a, a movie accurate replica of the Han Solo blaster, and I watched like the whole video of him building it and all that kind of stuff, and it's like so for, there's a lot of people that blaster is like iconic. It's like you know Jedi's with their lightsaber. You know if you see like the uh, Anakin Skywalker lightsaber, you're like oh that has a lot of significance. It does because the Jedi's put significance on those things. A blaster, Han, Han could lose his fucking blaster, and I don't think he would give too much of a shit about it. I think people make more out of that than like the actual character would. Han would just use whatever blaster he had. It's not like that thing's significant to him. That's just what Beckett had available to give to him as a sidearm. Yeah,
0: and he's pretty you know? good with
1: it. Yeah, he is pretty good with it. But it, I think the thing is, is that in terms of like well they had to fill in all these gaps and they had to do all these things to make this to make this movie if if you didn't do that shit if if you didn't have him meeting chewbacca in this movie if you didn't have him meeting lando and then ultimately like you know uh swindling him on the card game and, and winning the falcon if you didn't have him you know getting like his like his blaster, I guess, if you consider that important or you didn't understand, like, you know, where is like his last name came from and stuff like they that. They could have left that part out. They, they probably could have left that part out. That part's not really that important. But these things and also like the Kessel Run, if you didn't put these things in the movie, what in the fuck would this be about? Like if you sit down and you're like, OK, we're going to do a Han Solo movie these are the things you immediately know that you have to do. We well, have to show him. Those are
0: in the movie, though, but it's not about any of those things. <laughs> yeah. You know, it just happens during the These movie. are just
1: the things that happened in his life, yeah. yeah. Him meeting Chewbacca, they become, like, you know, best friends forever. And then, <laughs> and him and Lando, you know, becoming, like, I don't know, kind of like a frenemies where, you know, sometimes they can deal with each other and sometimes they can't, you know.
0: Yeah, this movie takes place over, like, three years. Yeah, so.
1: Because uh, like when it first starts off with him and Kira, when they're just like, you know, just punk kids, you know, working for Proxima, it's like, you know, he's younger and then he goes through his whole military phase. Kira moves on to the Crimson Dawn and and everything. And then you basically have it where, you know, then you have the the heist. But it's uh, and then everything kind of falls apart after the heist. But I think that like for people who are like, well, they're just filling in you know the blanks in this movie it's like well if you didn't do all that shit what would this have been about if you don't have lando and the falcon if you don't have chewbacca you know like these things and the kessel run especially it's like then you know none then it would feel like that stuff's not important and for han those are extremely important things
0: well you know people would have complained either way it went if they didn't put any of that stuff in the movie they would complain that none of it was in the movie.
1: Right, yeah. They'll be like, why didn't you show Han meeting Chewie? Why didn't you show him, like, you know, swindling Lando in the card game and winning the Falcon and all this kind of stuff? You didn't even show the Kessel Run. We don't even know what the fuck the Kessel Run is. You know, and all that kind of stuff. They put it in there, and then it's like, okay. It's like, well, we gave the fans what they wanted, and they're like, yeah, but you put fucking everything in this movie. It's like, can you You put too much in the movie? You put too much.
0: Well, we had to because we knew you fuckers wouldn't show up to watch it. So, we had to get all we could uh, in one movie,
1: right? Uh, and I, you know, I, I just feel like I think for some people, some people were going to hate this movie regardless. They just they were not going to be into this movie. They were going to hate it no matter what. And some people, like even like in some of the comments that I didn't keep, I had people that would say like, well. You know, I I was willing to give this a chance because I'm a Star Wars fan, and it's like, but ultimately I didn't like it, and it's like, you know, sometimes I think Star Wars fan almost doesn't mean anything like what it used to. You know, it's just that's just part of the the problem now. Is that uh, you know if you say you're a Star Wars fan, then it, that has that can actually mean several different things now.
0: Well, it, well, the main thing it means to me is you're just you expect too much and you're always going to hold everything that you see to the standard of the original trilogy. And some of you guys even bitch about those. Yeah. Um, but
1: cause I remember talking to a guy one time that he was like, man, he's like, I fucking hate return of the Jedi. Cause of those dumbass Ewoks. And I'm like, the Ewoks are like one of the, like my favorite parts of those movies. Cause they're fucking they're like murderous teddy bears. They're awesome.
0: Ward Davis is one of
1: them. Yeah, Ward Davis is a fucking Ewok. So hold your tongue, sir.
0: You're talking about a fucking legend. Right? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> <It's> fucking Willow. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but uh, yeah, I just I don't know. I, I think when it comes to something like Solo, you know, we we originally were were thinking that like if if we were we we figured we would probably like the movie because a lot of times. Whenever we hear that, like, oh, yeah, that movie was kind of garbage, that movie sucked, usually we think, like, oh, okay, well, it's probably pretty good then.
0: Yeah, well, it's not exactly how we think. We're like, well, is we'll it, give it really a shot. that bad? Let's see. And yeah. then we'll watch it and be like, what the fuck are they talking about? Yeah. A lot of people just make things up so they're right about the movie being bad. Like, they have this preconceived opinion And they're like, oh, it's going to be bad. And then they watch it. And even in their own mind, they're like, that wasn't bad. But that one thing, and then they'll sit there and write like a paragraph and be like, see, I was right. People are agreeing with me. And those people that are agreeing with them probably also have not seen the movie. Yeah. (laughs) Or have in spurts, but wanted to watch it with a negative outlook. Right. Because that's how a lot of this stuff. Well, no one can ever replace Harrison Ford. No, no one can. They made a movie about it. Give the kid a shot before you already think, well, he's no Harrison Ford. No shit.
1: Yeah, who who else can be Harrison Ford? No
0: shit. I mean mean, uh, Chris Pratt could have played this character and he still wouldn't have been Harrison Ford.
1: No. (laughs) I mean, he he might be the closest thing we have to somebody like Harrison Ford. Of a Harrison Ford type of guy, yeah, that could do the humor. He could do Oh know, Probably stuff. Bradley
0: Cooper is a little closer to Harrison Ford than
1: Bradley. Yeah, I, my thought was is that I think Bradley Cooper would have been good for this too, but, I but think he's they- too
0: old. You would have had to do like something. You would have had them made the movie like right before a new hope started,
1: mm-hmm. where he was just about to start to meet yeah. Luke and Obi Wan and, the and stuff like
0: whatever he was doing to have to you know help them get off that planet or whatever. Yeah, like right before that. Yeah. Even have the end scene be that, but don't even have them refilm it. Just like literally have it in with the footage. Like him, like walking uh, sitting in the down. cantina, sitting <laughs> yeah. down in the cantina. See, that with would Chewbacca. Be cool.
1: That would have been kind of cool, I guess. Yeah. And then, and then you see like Obi-Wan and Luke walk in That's it's like, Oh shit, this is where it starts. Yeah. It's like, Oh, and then you
0: just see the credits roll. It's like, see, that's not even a movie you need a sequel to. Cause it already has it. Right. Like, yeah. Like this was Han being a scumbag, making a bunch of bad deals with Jabba. Have, you know. <laughs>
1: and then in this movie, that's where all that shit starts because yeah. he's, he's going to go to Tatooine and talk to Jabba, and he ends up working for Jabba the Hutt. And you know, you would imagine that for a while things go pretty well. Then eventually, he he has that problem where like he dumps the cargo when he sees the Imperial cruisers, and then that's what gets him in shit with Java, mm-hmm. you know, and <laughs> and all that good shit. But you know, I think it's uh,
0: well, they show Solo will do that. Yeah, in this movie.
1: <laughs> yep if uh you know because there's uh because what was the line in uh, a new hope where he was like you know he was like look he's like i you know even sometimes i get boarded you know it's like <laughs> you know it's like sometimes i have problems where i have to deal with imperials like you know th- this shit doesn't always go you know buttery smooth mm-hmm. you know but yeah i i think that you know if it's like if you if you walk into this thinking that like, well, you know, this isn't going to be as good as rogue one. This is going to be disappointing because I heard about all the social justice backlash about this movie and people complaining about Kathleen Kennedy and all that kind of stuff. If you think about this shit, when you go into watch this, yeah, you're going to have a different experience. I went into this movie just straight up cold. I was like, I don't really know what to expect. You know, Steve was like, yeah, cause Steve had watched it first. And he was like, yeah, he's like, it's pretty good. He was like, you know, he's like, I think that this is something that you know we can you know probably defend, but watch it and tell me what you think. And I got through, and as soon as I got through, I texted him. I was like, Yeah, I'm like, basically, I like this movie better than Rogue One. You know, because yeah, we
0: both agreed on that because Rogue One is is a good movie, but it's it's very boring in spurts. We're not talking bad about it. Yeah, I mean, there's and parts we of that I And completely understand it before you guys were like, well, you didn't understand. I completely understood the movie. Yeah, but it is a very boring movie.
1: I mean, really, the best parts of that movie, honestly, are, are Vader.
0: That's like the end of the movie and the one scene where he's like taking a bath.
1: Yeah, where he uh, <laughs> <laughs> when he's uh, when he's at his castle, yeah. case, case de evil. <laughs>
0: he got that ass kicked
1: at obi-wan obi-wan <laughs> yeah he had to return there his, his ass whooping was so bad he has some kind of a syndrome where you no, sort of he re- was
0: sent there by the emperor
1: yeah to make sure that he they remembered the pain of his stuff. failure yeah yep. that dude's a dick that dude is a dick <laughs> but i tell you one thing wouldn't it be fucked up if just like randomly you know like after obi-wan was like a ghost he would just be like you know what i think i'm going to go fuck with anakin today and he just kind of like shows up on mustafa and he's like hello there and he's like, what are you doing here? And he's like, oh, I just, I just wanted to come back and just relive some of the highlights of me destroying you.
0: I should have <laughs> kept your limbless body into the volcano. <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> but I thought it would give you a chance. You know, this is before he would get redeemed or whatever. And then later on, once Anakin shows up in, like, ghost form, and it's like, Luke, you actually, you accomplished it. Oh, my God, I didn't think you'd be able to do it. <laughs> you know?
0: still should have kicked him in the volcano. Yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, you know, Sith Lords are his speciality. So yes. Yeah.
0: He does have a way of defeating them. Uh, okay. So before we end, we're going to do our little outro game. And basically I have, uh, some crazy state laws this time instead of us naming things. And, uh, you get four out of seven. Uh, Right, then you can get to read these cards as Jar Jar Binks. <laughs> uh, <shit. laughs> okay, so it's illegal to hold a fish suspiciously in the UK. Uh,
1: man, that's, uh, I would say that that's, I'm going to say that's true.
0: Okay. Being drunk on a turkey in Scotland.
1: Being drunk on a turkey.
0: Yeah, on a turkey.
1: Like being drunk and then falling onto a turkey.
0: Or being on a turkey while being drunk.
1: Uh
0: I, I'm
1: gonna say no. I don't. I don't think that that that's that. Uh, no, I don't think that's a law.
0: Okay. Calling a woman a Longhorn horn fan in Oklahoma.
1: Calling a woman a Longhorn fan in Oklahoma. <laughs> <laughs> Uh uh you know what college football's so fucked up i'm going to say that that's true
0: <laughs> uh crushing a can of beer between your boobs in western australia
1: uh that sounds ridiculous but australian people like the party i'll say i'll say yes
0: okay uh, it's illegal to marry your first cousin in Utah unless you're both over 65 years old. Then you can totally marry him.
1: Uh, in Utah well that is Mormon country. Uh, and the Mormons are Mormons have some interesting things. yeah I'm gonna say yeah
0: okay. In Hawaii it's illegal to have more than one drink in front of you at a time
1: uh no nah, I don't think that sounds right
0: okay in Florida it is illegal to sell your children
1: in Florida yeah I would say that that's that, that that's a law it's <laughs> illegal to sell your children yeah that should be a law <laughs> uh
0: yeah it is illegal to hold a, f- a fish suspiciously in the UK uh it's illegal to be drunk on a cow in Scotland not a turkey. Um, they can, oh. can get you a $200 fine and a year in jail. Uh,
1: <laughs> so, like, you just got fucked up and just passed out on a cow. Yeah. And then uh, they're like, <laughs> uh,
0: whatever that means. Yeah. Uh, calling a woman a slut in Oklahoma is legal. not a Longhorn fan. Um, oh, it's okay. illegal to call them a slut. It's a $500 fine or 90 days in jail. Um, crushing a can of beer in between your boobs in Western Australia is illegal and it's a $1,000 fine. Uh, that's Ill- fucked up. It, it's illegal to marry your first cousin in Utah unless you are both over 65. Yes, you can totally marry uh, your cousin if you're over the age of 65. That's fucked up. The, the, your first cousin, by the way. Your first cousin. You can marry your first cousin. That's, wow, okay. Uh, uh, in Hawaii, it is illegal to have more than one drink in front of you at a time. And in Florida, it is illegal to sell your children. <laughs> I figure that's every state, but specifically Florida has a law against it.
1: Florida specifically has a <laughs> law. Florida's uh, like, okay, we just want to make sure that we, like, for real, we know we cannot do this.
0: Let's see, uh, you got five right. Okay. So here you go, Jar Jar Binks. So,
1: oh, God. <laughs> uh, <laughs> this is just.
0: Nope, can't read the fucked up, no you got the
1: fucked up, up thing is that like i'm I'm like reading it and I'm like no I'm like my brain's not prepared for this <laughs> um okay <laughs> I have to stop laughing for a sec because of the first card that's on here um <laughs> Harrison Wrinkly balls <laughs> uh <laughs> Billy Ray shitface and his daughter Miley <laughs> I'm just butchering this
0: that's what's what's funny
1: the the, the Iluma Karate (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Justin take a dick in in the uh, Justin take a dick in the ear (laughs) Darth Christian Slater uh, Darth Christian Slater (laughs) Um, that would be hilarious to actually see that like an SNL sketch, you know, Yeah, Darth, 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 Slater. Darth Slater. Yeah, that would be. We need to. We need to send that up to SNL and be like, guys, make this. Christian Slater ain't doing shit anyway. No, he's not. Uh, but yeah. Anyway, thank you and uh, good night, or 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 morning, whenever you're listening to this. And remember, <laughs> it's all fun and games until we show up. But you can check us out on Spotify. You can check us out on Anchor, uh, iTunes, Google Podcasts, all over the place. We're we're everywhere now. So.
0: Thank you and good night.
1: Good night. From one outlaw to another outlaw, Mr. Johnny Cash.
0: Mr. Johnny Cash. I, I don't know where I'm stuck in holes in prison and time keeps dragging on. But that train keeps rolling all down the bad as well. When I was just a baby, my mama told me, son, always be a good boy, don't ever play with guns, but I shot a man in Reno just to watch him die, but I hear